Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. With you, as always, is me, Priscilla McKinney. So I am the mama bird here at Little Bird Marketing, and I like to bring really great friends on the show. And we like to pull back the curtain, as it were, and see what's really going on out in marketing and in market research. So I have with me a great friend and a colleague, um, but I want to put great friend first. So you're going to love him. It's Carlos Martinez. He is the EVP over everything of technology at Fieldwork. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, Carlos. Thank you so much. I really appreciate being here and being invited on the show. And I just want to say I'm honored to be considered a friend and colleague. (laughs) (laughs) You also get other points because I really like your wife. Oh, well, there you go. She always brings See, high marks, high marks. So, which is kind of a fun fact about you is that you and your wife, Crystal, both work for Fieldwork. And I think that's something that's very interesting about the ethos at Fieldwork. You all have so many employees who have been there forever. (laughs) And that would include you and your wife. This is true. Yeah. Uh, we used to be the youngest, whatever, the youngest here, the youngest there. And now no one ever references how young we are. It's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, well, that went by the wayside. That's okay. There are better things. There are better things. I will say a couple of things about Carlos that I really know. He is this very motivated, very curious uh, learner. And I love that because, you know, we'll end up in a conversation, but yeah, but how does that work? How does this work? Well, how are we going to get that together? But he is always building networks, apps, teams, and really overseeing the technology that is needed for the daily operations of field work, which let me tell you, is a lot of technology. When you think about the amount of people they are recruiting for in-person research, I mean, the database alone is so massive. And so I appreciate how much you are always trying to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in technology and keeping field work, you know, right at the cutting edge. I cannot imagine how much you have had to adapt and change over the last decade in terms of technology, but hats off to you, Carlos. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride for sure. (laughs) <laughs> so let's dive in because this has been, as you say, a wild ride. This has been a very weird uh, last 12 months for sure. Um, you guys had obviously a very different um, effect that was on field work because you are largely in-person um, meetings and you're actually recruiting people for qualitative research. But in the middle of the pandemic, not only was it hard to be face-to-face with people, but there was a huge shift in consumer behavior. And so at a time where it was hard to get people together, brands are clamoring for help. (laughs) Please tell us what consumers are thinking. So tell me about what you were hearing from long-term clients during this crazy time. Uh, so I guess what we're hearing from long-term clients is that so much has changed in the last 12 months that 2020 really felt like an entire decade. The The consumer behavior has changed. The research landscape has changed. Obviously, uh, just behavior in general from, uh, from an in-person perspective. Uh, uh, research standpoint, but also from a technology standpoint, we've had this major advancement in the knowledge base of our general population that they've learned how to use these tools and they've become better, uh, better uh, communicators uh, using technology channels. And that has enhanced their ability to participate in a virtual world. But it has also, because that saturation was so heavy and so constant in every walk of their life, it's really built this a strong desire to get 
out of the computer, out from in front of the computer and, and make that human to human connection. Um, and so uh, that's really what we're, what we're focused on right now is uh, putting ourselves in a position where we can foster that uh, environment to be that human human connection, whether it be in the virtual world or otherwise. Yeah. You know, and I know that you are behind the scenes and the technology that drives fieldwork web work, which is the virtual, the online platform that you've always had. But tell me about the shift during the pandemic. How much more was that in use? And, you know, you, you say that people really learned this amazing amount of, um, it, you really, they got comfortable, I guess, with technology. And so more people were willing to go online. But what was your experience trying to manage as much as went virtual during that time? In the virtual space, we had a core group of customers that utilized that platform, both for um, data collection and for, um, face-to-face uh, -face interviews, not in person, of course, but virtual. Um, that business rocketed. Uh, presumably, their customers uh, either wanted to collect as much information in as short of a time as possible, uh, or they just increased their budget because the business just went crazy. On top of that, we had customers who uh, were dabbling a little bit in virtual, but primarily face-to-face, -face, started to move in more and more of their uh, research into a virtual space. And then we had customers who had completely sworn off online research and they late or later in the game, uh, closer to the end of 2020, really started ramping up their operations to be more supportive of, of virtual. I think it, I think the pandemic lasting as long as it has, uh, has uh, provided opportunities to grow and to learn and to understand. Um, but it's also put people in a place where they're kind of, kind of in a fight or flight um, situation. Um, when you're faced with this uh, will to survive, you are often choosing what is familiar. And I think that's what has been such a powerful resource for fieldwork is that we've been doing online research for 15 plus years. So when clients came to us to say, hey, we've got to find a way to get this done, we had an answer right there. Um, and uh, in thinking about how we ramped up to support that, the funny part about it is we were pretty scalable already. We already had um, a pretty good ebb and flow pattern to our virtual services. And so being able to scale up to take those on, all it really meant was we were shifting some of our um, client service uh, and support type roles over to the virtual space, which was a really great asset for us to have. People who were familiar with how to support focus groups and, and, and individual interviews being able to shift, shift those over and run them virtually really added more to that familiarity uh, 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 sense that clients get when they come to field work. Yeah, a lot of people do think of you as just facilities, which is is interesting. I feel like that's kind of the common misnomer out there. But, you know, I have talked with you about the global recruiting and the global project management you do, but you and I usually end up talking about the technology. So that field work, web work that's always been there, I'm sure just, yeah, like you said, it just went completely crazy. But all along, you know, you still, I you know, imagine, have a big request for recruiting, period, because even people who were doing their own research at their own facilities still needed to reach out to field work because 
of this unique place where you guys sit, where you actually own all your database. So talk to us a little bit about that because it really is unique in the market research space anymore. Most people are aggregating or you know getting a few recruits from here, a few from here, but really to be the, the one left standing who truly owns their whole database is incredibly unique. Tell me about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, in terms of recruiting operations, that was one of our bigger pivots uh, throughout the pandemic was, uh, putting our our uh, recruiting resources in a place where they could work from anywhere uh, because we had uh, local restrictions on where they could be and and when and we wanted to make sure that operations continued to support the online uh, recruiting as well as we do a ton of um, uh, TDIs as well. Those didn't obviously experience any kind of interruption uh, during this, and so the recruiting couldn't experience any interruption as well. Um, I would say that uh, our biggest asset has been our dynamic workforce. Um, we're really proud of the group that we have uh, running our recruiting operations and uh, how welcoming they were to the challenge of, uh, of changing up their process. Uh, it's no secret that uh, a lot of the workforce of the, of the world uh, had to shift and move from to, to a work from home environment. And when you're used to being able to talk to someone who's sitting next to you or across the, the aisle, uh, it is, uh, it's quite challenging to move that into uh, everyone's working from home situation, but utilizing some common tools and some established technologies, uh, they were able to make that shift pretty quickly, pretty easily. Oh, that's great. But, you know, I was thinking about those uh, respondents. So at first glance, I would think that people would be hesitant to come into facilities um, in order to do face-to-face -face research. But I don't want to make that assumption. So tell me what it is you're seeing and what people are saying to you who are wanting to participate in research. Uh, yeah. So as far as the participants are concerned, <clears throat> I mean, first of all, on the virtual side, uh, we kind of anticipated having some trouble recruiting as many, recru as many respondents as we needed uh, because... Uh, not everyone is equipped to go into that virtual space, but uh, it actually has gone swimmingly well. Um, the increase in business did not slow us down at all. Our show rates have been, frankly, incredible. We've not really seen show rates like this in a long time, um, probably because nobody gets stuck in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, There's we're seeing silver linings. Right, some silver linings. <laughs> Carlos, this is the upside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. In terms of in-person research, our teams really hit the ground running in preparing the facilities to welcome back face-to-face uh, 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 -face research. That has been a huge benefit to us. We've had a lot of medical device testing. We've had a lot of healthcare professionals come into our spaces and compliment us on how well prepared we are in terms of uh, uh, disinfecting uh, our workspaces and the common areas and the high-touch areas. Uh, the setting up boundaries and physical barriers and space barriers uh, between uh, individuals has been, uh, you know, we're right on right on top of those guidelines um, that come out from those authorities. Well, before we end today, Carlos, I just want to ask you, is there something about field work that you wish people knew, but they just don't? Uh, yeah, I would say, well, uh, the, the thing that I feel like I wish everyone knew and, and felt in their heart about field work is that uh, at our core, we are a people business. Um, and um, the things that they probably don't know about us is that we focus most of our technology 
uh, efforts around processes that happen internally, trying to make our, our, uh, our staff experience as efficient as possible, try to make sure we are thorough on our processes on the inside so that we can really let our public facing uh, environment be focused on the service experience, be focused on that human to human interaction. We still maintain a strong focus behind building relationships with respondents as opposed to just pushing them through a funnel that, uh, that, that determines on whether or not they qualify. Um, our goal is, uh, is to make sure that they feel excited to come to that next uh, interview as opposed to just making sure that they, they fit to only the letter of the, of the questionnaire. Also, we spend a lot of our effort uh, updating our database, not only with fresh respondents, but also making sure that we have the most up-to-date information about them. Uh, in a transition to a new uh, management uh, uh, system for our recruiting operations, we discovered that a lot of the data that we had was uh, aged out and we needed to uh, purge that out of the system. And um, we found the most effective way to do that is to uh, prompt our respondents to keep their own information up to date, to present that information to them so that they can see exactly what they've been reporting to us so that they can say, oh, I no longer have this car or I no longer participate in this uh, in this uh, uh, social group or, or frankly, this is not my opinion any longer. Um, that has been huge in helping us find those low incidence kind of needles in the haystack. Uh, which uh, fortunately for our customers uh, has become our reputation. Unfortunately for us, our job just keeps getting harder, but we never turn down a challenge. Well, I, I do see that your team never turns down a challenge, but also I want to say and point out really to my audience, I also reach out to field work a lot because they put their money where their mouth is. They support women in research. They support uh, Insights Association, Green Book, Quirks. They really look at the industry and say, what can I do to help? And that's why I really always want to give them a platform here on our podcast. And I do hope for those people listening um, who really care about those kinds of things that improve of our industry that you do give, you know, a kudos to field work for the way that they really support other people's work and are very collaborative. So Carlos, thank you so much for taking your time and telling us about this crazy story that you've had in the last year, but we really appreciate getting a little bit of a, a window into your life. I appreciate that. Thank you, Priscilla. It was really nice being here. From all the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.